まもなく特急ポット浄土行きが到着します黄色い線までお下がりください Hey everybody, it's just me this week. It's Nicholas.、Uh, Lauren is not necessarily off so much as we had recorded two episodes and I somehow managed to bork the audio on both of them. So my penance <laughs> is to sit here in the, the corner of my basement and talk to you guys about a game that I've actually wanted to talk about for、um, a while now、um, Takeshi and Hiroshi. Uh, for those of you who are listening to the pod, we're currently looking at a bunch of images, a sort of hastily put together slideshow that, <laughs> that I assembled.、Um, the reason why I wanted to talk about this game for, for a whole host of reasons. And so the first has to do with one, the way in which it sort of has a really interesting take. On what game design itself is and what it means. In other words, even though it, it kind of constructs a, a type of game design within the game itself that is not 100% realistic, in many ways it points to a lot of aspects of you know, game dev work that do actually tend to get overlooked, especially a lot of the, like, the affective situations. So, What exactly is this game about? Well, it's about、um, two brothers for the most part. I mean, there are other characters as well, but there's two brothers. So you have Takeshi, who is a teenager, he's in high school, and you have Hiroshi, who is his younger brother, who is in elementary school. Now,、uh, Hiroshi, the younger brother, is pretty sickly,、um, he's regularly in the hospital. And he absolutely adores his big brother. And Takeshi actually starts off the game as sort of like almost like your stereotypical like anime protagonist. He's like, <laughs> I don't care about anything. I'm super cool. Like, nobody can get to me. A really kind of like stereotype figure in, in a lot of ways. But as the, the game progresses and you sort of work through it, and also as you sort of, as Takeshi, like, Create a game for your little brother to sort of like get him through his、um, his his illness, especially once he he ends up in the hospital. Like, it becomes clear that there is more to game design than just sort of like, oh, hey, I have to, you know, here on the here on the pod, we have our hapless level designer.、Um, and in many ways, Takeshi is sort of the.、Um, The foil to the hapless level designer. In fact, he is the hapless level designer as sort of like a fully realized and sort of like fleshed out character. And so, very early on in the game,、um, <laughs> Takeshi is working on this sort of like, it's essentially just like a dungeon crawler. The game involves like, you know, a, sim a simple avatar, it's a side scrolling game.、Um, and As when the, the, the game Takeshi and Hiroshi, so there's this problem of like the game that is Takeshi and Hiroshi, and then there's sort of the game within the game. When the game that we, as you know, put people playing it on, you know, Apple Arcade or on the Switch, when it first starts out, like Takeshi's game is not really fully fleshed out. And so, in many ways, the, the mechanics of the game in the game are all about sort of like essentially doing. Game dev on the fly, you're doing game development on the fly to sort of like appeal to his his younger brother. And so,、um, we I have an image up here for, for those of you who are only listening.、Um, Takeshi is holding on to、um, 
what is clearly the representation of an iPad, but is not actually an iPad. He's holding it up to um, Hiroshi, and Hiroshi has this giant smile on his face because, you know, developing the game is not just about sort of like, you know, it's not about all the sort of ordinary, like, capitalistic things. It, I mean, it, I guess that is there too. But the game itself becomes a way to sort of like forge a bond, a relationship between these these two characters that, I mean, they already kind of have, but it sort of like allows Takeshi to, and I, the, the older brother, Takeshi, to sort of see the world in a different way, to see their relationship in a different way, and also as a result, see his relationships with like his fellow classmates from a fundamentally different perspective. So there's there's a kid at his school who is who is also a, a game developer as it turns out and initially like he and Takeshi are like rivals you know again it's sort of like the standard almost like anime trope it's like oh you you are my rival and like and I, and I will struggle against you but what's interesting is how at one point this other kid at school sees the game and is like hey this is really cool and I'd like to like help you work on it like to help you think through it and so that what it starts off as this rivalry then becomes more of sort of a collaboration between these two characters. And through that collaboration, through Takeshi working with this other kid at school who is also you know, a game designer or at least interested in designing games, he both improves his own work. In other words, he makes a better game for his little brother who's like, you know, suffering in the hospital. But also at the same time, he starts to understand the complexities of the relationships he has with the people at school much better and so in in sort of the, the whole like uh, i guess you could say narrative arc of of the game sort of you're alongside hiroshi as he tries to like not just come to grips with sort of like his own abilities as a game designer but also as he comes to grips with like how he feels about his brother's sickness like the kind of person he has to be for his brother in order to like help him get better but then also like the, the kind of he has to come to an understanding of his own feelings and his own like the way in which he is affected by other individuals like i said he starts off the game in this manner that's kind of like oh, like, oh i don't have a care in the world and like nothing affects me but it's clear that these things actually do affect him. And the more he gets involved in designing this game, the more Hiroshi plays it and the more Hiroshi likes it. And then also, like I said, the other kids at school, the other kids at school who help him work on the game, the more they play it and the more they like it and the more they give him ideas and feedback and the way in which sort of like the development of the game is then also a function of like their entangled relationships then Hiroshi's character, sorry, Takeshi's character becomes fleshed out in this really interesting way because you as the play, in many ways, it, it's, it's sort of weird. There, there's sort of like multiple layers of Avatar in this game. So there's the, there's the game that um, Takeshi is, sorry, that Hiroshi is playing and like his in-game Avatar, who's, who's, who's a little dude. And we see that, so for those of you who are actually watching on YouTube, you can see that here. Um, I'll describe this for those of you on the pod. So um, Hiroshi has an in-game avatar who looks very much like him, but as a kind of like elven warrior type. He's got a tiny little sword. You know, it's there. It, it's an obvious homage to to Link, although the character design is a little bit different. And you know, he has levels. He has HP. 
But the game interface is really interesting because it's one in which you sort of, again, this goes back to the, the avatar problem. So, you know, Hiroshi's avatar in the game is this little dude, but sort of you as the player of the game in many ways, sort of like, like several levels of avatar. There is sort of the, there is your avatar as Hiroshi, sorry, as Takeshi, who is sort of like the the narrative, one of the narrative foci of, of the game. But then there's also the way in which you sort of have to act on behalf of Takeshi as you're sort of like putting monsters into this level. So in many ways, it's not, the game doesn't sort of show you and have you manipulate all aspects of game design. You know, you're not deterring, you're not like fine tuning things. Essentially what you're doing is you're putting, you know, creatures, you're putting enemies into a particular volume, into a particular environment and using particular combinations of those creatures to make sure that on the one hand, it's not too boring for Hiroshi, but on the other hand, it's it doesn't, you know, kill him. And so there's this interesting way in which sort of like the in-game, the game in a game gameplay, sorry, a lot of game words there. The game in a game gameplay works is an interesting allegory for the way in which uh, Takeshi actually has to modulate very keenly his own relationships. In other words, at the same time, like he, he needs to create this game that is sort of good and interesting, but at the same time doesn't like alienate his little brother. And you see that also then reflected in his relationships with his friends at school. Like he both wants to sort of express himself and be himself, but not to such a degree that he then ends up, you know, alienating his, his own, well, actually what become his friends. Initially, like these people that he's hanging out with, he doesn't think too fondly of them. And so in the game, you create these, these combos for Hiroshi to fight and you need him to level up. So that way you can, you know, use more interesting monsters, more interesting combinations. And so there's this interesting sort of synergy here where like, as you create these levels for uh, Hiroshi to play that are both challenging for him so that he actually like, you know, gains experience and you know, he increases the power of his own character. At the same time, by increasing the power of his character, it also creates an environment in which you as Takeshi can like use a wider variety of things. In other words, the more powerful your player characters are, the greater range of things you can do as a game designer, or sort of a level designer in this case, for the benefit of you know your airset's little brother within sort of like the frame narrative of the game. So there's this synergistic relationship. And so when I said earlier that there is um, an aspect of game design that sort of gets kind of overlooked, but that this game I think really highlights is sort of this interaction between game devs and player bases. And so, you know, for the, most of the development of a game, you know, games are, uh, you know, iterated upon, you know, you, you produce prototypes and, you know, you have versions and then you have, you know, alpha testers and beta testers and so forth. But for the most part, the production of a game kind of occurs in a sort of somewhat clo cloistered environment. But what's interesting about this game is it seems to suggest implicitly that a game can improve its players. 
In other words, if you think about sort of like the larger metaphor of sort of like using the game to distract Hiroshi or to sort of like give him pleasure, give him joy. There is literally a joy statistic in the game to give him joy as he's going through this like really difficult time in his own life. Like, and in a sense, sort of cure him psychically almost that by sort of improving the player, the player's improved condition also improves you as Takeshi as the game designer. In other words, by cultivating better players, you can make better games. I think that's sort of the implicit message of this game. And the reason why I say that I think that message is there is because the company that designed this game called Oink Games, which is a Japanese sort of independent Japanese company. Um, a lot of what they do are these sort of really avant-garde game designs. I mean, they do a lot of um, card games and they do a lot of very simple games that still sell for a lot because it's Japan. <laughs> um, but the point of these really these often very simple games is to sort of get you to think about not just like what the underlying mechanics are. In other words, it's not just sort of like uh, you know. I don't know, 60s new wave avant-garde sort of thing. But to get you to think about what you can do with the mechanics of a game. How you can like create almost a sort of like social structure around the game that is for like the mutual benefit of everyone involved, not just the player base, but also the designers themselves. And you see this in a lot of the things that Oint Games as a company does. Sorry, I didn't want to go to that slide right real quick. Actually, no. Let's go. Let's go to <laughs> Takeshi running away in, in his anger and sadness. Um, sorry. One of the things that Oink Games does is that they actually sponsor um, game design workshops. In where are they? They're somewhere in Tokyo. I think they're in Aoyama. And it's through these game design workshops, and like again, they're they're fairly. You know, they teach all the, the same sort of basic like game design concepts that are taught you know in any game design program you know in north america however the difference is that like for them there is this sort of like totalizing thing that they're doing so they're developing games that sort of push the envelope of what a game can even be considered while at the same time teaching people how to make games while at the same time cultivating a kind of player base that then improves them as game developers and then so you see all of those ideas embedded in this game which by the way also has really wonderful like um <laughs> stop motion animation or sort of like the simulation of stop motion animation it was done digitally it wasn't i don't think they actually animated this and so then when you get into like the game in a game sort of like you know on the one hand you have like the monsters that are sort of stand in for takeshi but also it's not just monsters, it's sort of like the monsters represent sort of the world itself, the design of the world. And Hiroshi, this sort of like singular heroic figure, and sort of the way in which we tend to think about, you know, RPGs and sort of like, you know, the sort of this almost hard and fast divide between, you know, you know game master and players <clears throat> doesn't really work in this game. Because in many ways the game is trying to say actually you, there, you're, you, that is a codependent relationship by sort of pointing out the way in which because the thing is it's not just that like Takeshi is improved by sort of like cultivating a certain degree of challenge and joy in his little brother the primary player of this game 
so it's not just sort of this like objective like oh he is getting like this one gets better and this one gets better it's not just about that it also demonstrates the way in which Takeshi needs his little brother he needs this sort of motivation he needs this thing to push him forward like there is there's an effective equality to this as well and so I and there are a lot of these really great like little drawings <laughs> throughout the uh, game as well and so this idea that sort of like Hiroshi like growing braver and growing stronger and then sort of in his real life using that courage to overcome his his own like debilitating sickness at times and the kind of as I said codependent relationship between and then the mother as well sort of like you know their their mother and then but on also the relationship between Takeshi and Hiroshi like all of that creates this sort of like bonded unit and you know oftentimes it's interesting when we when we use the word codependent we often use it in a sort of negative way it's like oh that's just they're just they're just codependent Ugh. as if like you know they can't hack it on their own but one of the things that but like but think about how games are designed like games are rarely designed by sort of one singular sort of like genius individual the vast preponderance of all video games are um produced through collective labor and it is only through that sort of like you know the, the synergistic relationships between people people getting along people understanding each other's visions each other's work like that's the sort of thing that you need in order for that kind of collective labor to produce something that is actually ultimately worthwhile and i think this game not only understands that but also like literally made a game about it like how to make a game that shows to you as the player this is how it all works and the reason why i bring this up is because the player experience for me personally was a really interesting one because i played this game with my daughter um and we had a lot of fun playing it because I did. So we, we, we would voice act all the lines together. I would do the lines for um, Takeshi and she would do the lines for Hiroshi. And so we would trade off with the, the other characters as well. And it's like through that kind of gameplay, through the sort of like, you know, the bond that I have with my own child and sort of the way in which it sort of maps nicely onto the the, the bond between Takeshi and his little brother, like that, those sorts of like relationship questions that we often don't ask when it comes to sort of thinking about video games and thinking about game design. You know, we might talk about sort of like, you know, online multiplayer, or you might talk about, um, you know, sort of like the, the, the parasocial nature of, you know, certain video games. Um, but we don't often think too much about and this is going to sound a little strange the sort of way in which games function as a kind of social engineering and one of the things even though oink is not necessarily affiliated specifically with nintendo but because i played it on the switch it reminded me of that sort of that social aspect of a lot of nintendo games and a lot of and the ways in which Nint nintendo sort of philosophically tries to foster a certain kind of like gameplay and game design in which social relationships are not just like improved and you know you're not just bonding over a game but in many ways 
in order for the games to work properly, you need those social bonds to be in place. And this is what I sort of meant before about like inculcating a certain degree of <laughs> inculcating. Sorry, I, lo I love this picture. Inculcating a certain degree of um, like improving your player base so that your player base can improve you. And then the way that maps onto your own relationships, like, you know, my, I mean, I think this game probably would have been a lot of fun individually for my daughter and for myself if we had played it separately. But the experience was improved immensely by playing it together and sort of like understanding our own maybe she doesn't have these deep thoughts about it like I did it's entirely possible that she just thought it was fun and that was it but it definitely I thought about it in these terms and it sort of made me think about my position as a parent like my response see the thing is like it's very easy to get in this trap where you just think about your sort of your responsibilities as a parent like you know i'm responsible for you like i need to make sure that my my child doesn't grow up to be a complete you know jerk but there are times when i'm off when i'm off reminded of the fact that like those relationships improve me as well and so we find ourselves in you know dark times <laughs> we find ourselves in a world that is frankly um i don't know feels pretty hostile but it's games like this that remind me that sort of like challenge and struggle and difficulty are not necessarily things to be abhorred but rather are oftentimes things to be embraced precisely because it makes us bad. I mean, this is this sounds so schmaltzy, and, and I apologize for that if you guys have already sort of tuned out. But like, I think it genuinely is the kind of thing that makes us better people. And I don't know, maybe I'm feeling a little bit overly sentimental about this because of, you know, during COVID, um, I've been playing a lot of both video games and um, board games and tabletop stuff, generally speaking, with my family, and especially with my daughter. And my daughter and I have been sort of playtesting a lot of new games together. And... I don't know. I wouldn't give that up for the way I was actually starting to cry a little bit. So I'm going to stop the recording. Um, so that's all for this week. Um, it's sort of a short, um, excuse me, uh, sort of a short chill rant this week, because like I said, I, I borked the audio. Um, I want everyone out there to, in these continually trying times to stay safe, uh, stay healthy. And you don't have to do your homework anymore. Go play some games. Go, go be with your families. Bye, guys.